What's up, everybody? Welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato. Today, we're going to talk about how you can get yourself out of escapism and into reality. So, this particular topic comes off of another topic that we just recently talked about, which was addition by subtraction. At the end of that recording, you didn't get to see this, so don't try and go back and watch it because it's not there. But when we finished recording, Jana looked at me and she goes, why do we do that? And I was like, I don't know. Why do we do what? Um, <laughs> she's like, I, I'd want to know why we have, we don't change more screen time for think time. Why do we spend so much time on screens versus give ourselves time to think? So that's basically what we're going to be talking about is why do we spend so much time on screens instead of giving ourselves time to think? Because if you think about the good old days, and of course all old people like to think about the good old days, go ahead and throw myself into that category. <laughs> hey, don't nod your head back there. <laughs> but when you think about, if you were born before 1990, maybe 1988 and 1987, but probably 1990, then you know or remember before the internet. Before the internet, like, at all. Now, of course, the internet's been around since, I don't know, I don't remember exactly when it was, like, officially created, but, you know, 19, late 1970s, 1980s, like, businesses used internet back then, but the public didn't use it, and the public didn't start to use it until really it became broadband internet and not dial-up internet. Again, if you know or you were born before the 1990s, you know what dial-up internet was about, and you know that it was not fun most of the time getting on the internet. It took time, it took effort, and you had to actually work to make it happen. So back in the day, things were different. I, this is every, I think every generation says this, but I'm just building the story, if you will. And even just 20 years ago, before we had smartphones, things were different. The example that I like to give, and the example I think I gave in addition by subtraction, maybe it was in a different episode, is if you just go and walk down a street, or you go to a restaurant, or you go to a mall, or somewhere where there's people, and you just watch people, just watch someone who's just sitting there or standing there and either waiting on somebody or doing whatever and see what they do. Nine times out of 10, they're going to be looking at their phone. Now, that is new. That is different than it was 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, and potentially even like only five or six years ago. Five or six years ago, there were smartphones, of course. The internet was around for a while at that point, of course. But people really not being able to be away from their phones for a long period of time, that's, I feel like, something that's been the last three to five years. So why? Why? Do we spend so much time staring at these screens and not as much time 
just sitting and thinking? Well, I can, we can start by answering why not. We want more happiness and fulfillment in our lives. We want to feel good about things. We want to feel good about our lives. We want to feel good about where we are in our lives relative to both ourselves and both other people. It's okay to compare. It's not the end of the world. You're not a bad person if you do. It is absolutely natural. So we want to feel good about who we are and where we are relative to others and where we want to be within others. So in so doing, you would think that we were doing that, we're looking at screens because it brings us happiness, but it doesn't. We are less happy, less fulfilled, more stressed, more anxious than ever before. Okay, so if that's the case, why can't we break it down and go, well, if I'm not happy and I'm not fulfilled, why am I sitting here staring at this thing all the time? Well, that brings us to the next question, is that, is that what's causing the problem? Which is a loaded question. Sorry, I'm chewing on a mint, if you can hear that. <laughs> John probably wanted to ask me to get rid of those beforehand, but... Oh, okay. Usually it makes me... Now you can notice them while I'm sitting here chewing on them. All right, they're out of the way now. But is that what causes us to be unsatisfied and us unfulfilled? The simple answer is no, that, it, that is not the cause. There's not just one cause of why, on average, we are less happy, less fulfilled, and less satisfied with our lives. There's not one single cause. Of course, there are always multiple causes. However, that is definitely one aspect of why we feel that way. So before we dig into that, let's talk about why think time is so important. If you go back to, this is months at this point, to an episode that we did on Stolen Focus, the book Stolen, Stolen Focus by Johan Hari, we, I actually talked about this a little bit in those episodes. You, you getting tired over there holding that? <laughs> she, she's like, back, she's back there doing my social media for me, putting up all my posts, you know, because I'm an influencer and whatnot with all my 35 followers. And she, <laughs> she all of a sudden gets tired and she's like, oh, I'm like, girl, that phone getting heavy on you. That's right. <laughs> However heavy that phone is, that's what the weight, weight curls we got to start doing. <laughs> so if you go back, again, it's been a couple months. Um, I did... I think three episodes on Stolen Focus. It was a great book. I highly recommend anybody go and find it and read it. Um, but in there, he talks about why it's important to let your mind wander. In other words, to give yourself time to think, give yourself time to process, and just give yourself time to just be instead of taking in. Now, a lot of people use screen time, like I said, as a form of escapism, which we're going to get to that in a second. And we think that, we feel like, that gives us, well, that's just my relaxed time. It's, I can, I can not think and I can just let go. And while you're not consciously thinking necessarily, it is not relaxing for your mind. Like your mind still has to take all of that in and it still has to process all of it. And it still has to like gather it all up and figure out what's actually going on. So it's not actually relaxing for your mind. Your mind can't do anything else either. At the same time, it has to sit there and process all of that. So while yes, it feels like you're able to just let go because you don't have to think about anything consciously, 
unconsciously, your, your mind still has to do a lot of work. Your mind still has to do a lot of things. So the reason that think time, well, so there's more than three reasons, but three reasons that think time is so important and why just letting yourself be by yourself and not with a phone is so important is number one, you get, you learn to think for yourself. You learn to think for yourself. In today's day and age, because we are so connected via our phones, we basically, like most of the time when we give an opinion, we're just giving the opinion of somebody else. We're just giving the opinion of the most recent opinion that we've heard on social media, that we've seen on television, that we saw, I don't know, in whatever other app or show or whatever. Like most, a lot of times we're just giving the opinion of somebody else. It's not really our opinion. Maybe it is partly our opinion, but we don't really know because all we really do is if we're constantly taking in other people's information and other people's opinions, then we're really just relaying what the last thing that we saw was. So we learn, we learn how to think for ourselves. We learn how to be able to think and go, do I actually believe this thing? Do I actually believe that thing? Do I actually agree with this topic? Do I actually agree with that topic? Instead of just taking in other people's opinions and not really thinking about them, just taking them in and then regurgitating that opinion whenever someone asks you about your opinion. So it gives you time to think. Think for yourself. It also lets you start to connect ideas. So problem solving is simply taking and figuring out how to connect ideas to get through a problem. Like, that's all that it really is. So in society today, and of course this has been humanity for a long time, but it is much more prevalent today than it has been for a long time. Here's one perfect example of that. I'm sorry I have to say this out loud. I'm, I'm both sorry that I'm like interjecting this and I'm sorry that I actually have to say this out loud that it is a fact. I saw a video of a probably 23 to 25 year old girl, maybe younger than that, um, and this is no judgment on either 23 or 25 year olds or girls for that matter, but I just saw it, who was crying because she had to work nine to five because the first job she got was nine to five and she had to get on the train by 7.30 and she didn't get home till six and how is she supposed to have friend time whenever she's taking up all that time? So I, I'm sorry, like I'm trying to figure out where I was going with that. Um, oh, problem solving. So like <laughs> we, we don't problem, we, we can't figure out how to problem solve because we spend so much time looking at screens and not enough time connecting ideas. In the example I just gave, the girl who was upset because she had to work nine to five, like if you just take a second to think about, well, if I have to do this and it takes me this time to this time and I'm free after six o'clock, then I've just solved the problem and I can hang out with my friends after six o'clock or I can hang out with my friends on the weekend. So problem solving is something that we, like you can't do that whenever you're constantly taking in information. Whenever you're constantly taking in stuff 
again, from your phone, from your television, from no matter what it is. If you're constantly being distracted by something, you cannot develop the ability to problem solve. It's a skill that you have to develop. Like it's not something you're either born with or not. That's not the case. Not at all. It is something you do have to develop though. Like you can't just, you don't just, you're not just able to problem solve. Like to some degree you are. If I need a pencil, hopefully you can problem solve finding a pencil. But bigger problems take more thought and more connections in order to overcome them. And that takes ability. It, you have to sit and be able to do it. And you can't do that when you're constantly staring at a phone. And you really can't do it. Here's the problem. <clears throat> Is that most people, when they run into a problem, go to YouTube or just the interwebs in general, and they ask, how do I solve the problem? Well, you didn't freaking solve the problem. All you did was ask a thing how to solve the problem. So you wonder why you have trouble problem solving. You're always letting the thing do the answering for you, and you're always letting the thing doing the figuring for you. You're always asking the thing instead of you taking time to actually think about it. It's an ability. It's a skill. It's something your mind develops. And if you don't use it, you lose it. So we have the ability to connect ideas and therefore be able to become better problem solvers whenever we let our minds wander we give ourselves time to think. Lastly, you have the ability to think about the future, the past, the present, and then connect them and figure out what you want to do with the future based on all of that. Again, if you're constantly staring at something and taking in information, it's hard. You, you can't do that. You don't think about anything except what you're taking in for the most part. If you are sitting and you give yourself time to think and you give yourself space to think and you give your mind time to wander, then you can deliberately or undeliberately, if you want to, think about the future and what you might want for the future and what you might want to plan for the future and what are your dreams for the future. And then you can think about the past and you can think about how you've succeeded in the past and how you can do these things in the future because you have succeeded in the past. So when you give yourself space and you push the phone away, then you're able to do those things. And it seems silly and trite. And a lot of people will say, well, my phone can do all that for me. And that's true. And it makes me sad that a lot of people think that because you're a human being. And the truth of the matter is you literally had a one in like 10 trillion chance of being on this earth. Like literally, the odds of you being alive are like one in 10 trillion. Have you ever stopped to think about that? Like the generations of your parents, grandparents, so on and so forth, all the way down the line to whatever the beginning of your generational tree started, like they all had to survive to that point to then be able to have both sets of whatever else was going to meet so that they could, and then they had to meet. And then they had to meet, like just the idea of it, like my mind's like, like I can't even like comprehend it. Like they had to have sex at the right time so that things connected correctly. <laughs> and then the, those sets of people had to meet at some point, somehow. And 
after 100,000, 200,000, 500,000 years, you're here. Like, is that, if that, is that, not, I, if you're listening to this, you're probably like, is he having a seizure right now? <laughs> like, if that's not mind-blowing and it doesn't give you, like, some itch to go, well, I better do something with my life. I don't know what else will. Like, I really don't know what else will. So anyway, you, it's, you get to think for yourself. You start, John is laughing at me because I'm struggling right now because like literally my mind's just like trying to wrap my head, like my mind's trying to figure out all of the connections of generations right now. So I'm trying to push past it. So just give me a second. Um, you think for yourself, you make connections so you can problem solve better and you can think about the future. You can think about your dreams. You can think about how to start to make them happen. That's why think time is so important. Again, not the only reasons why, but those are very important reasons. Those are very important reasons. And because of your humanity, it's why you should do those things. It's because you are freaking alive that you should do those things. So why do we choose screen time over think time? Let's get to the crux of the issue. Why do we choose so much time on screens instead of more time thinking. Because 20 years ago, like I said, we spent a lot of time not having things to distract us all the time. Doesn't mean we were thinking all the time, but we had space. We had, we had distance from things distracting us. But there were still lots of things, still billboards and TV and commercials and all kinds of things, still lots of things, but we didn't have the one thing that we could literally carry everywhere that had all of that in your pocket, which changed everything. So why? Well, twofold. It's more than twofold, but we're going to pinpoint on two specific ideas. One of them is external, external, one of them is internal. And I'll go ahead and talk about the external first because that's the easier thing to talk about because it's always easier to blame something else than it is to blame ourselves. And yet, at the same time, as always, two things can be very true. It can be true that phones are both manipulative and addicting on purpose, and it can also be true that you need to take responsibility and figure out how to not make it so. So that's, that's where we're heading. First, yes. Phones are built in such a way, apps, phones, things are built in such a way to make them psychological, psychologically manipulative. They're built that way. They are built as such. It is, quote unquote, the gamification of our lives to figure out how we, it can grab our attention more and longer. Like that's all it's trying to do. Grab our attention more and longer. So how do screens do this? How do apps in particular do this? How do they grab our attention and make us stay on them more and longer? Number one is through reinforcement. A guy named B.F. Skinner back many moons ago, I think he was a Harvard professor, um, was one of the first psychologists to talk about 
human development and human behavior and how it came about. Basically, he said you could positively or negatively reinforce a human and manipulate them to become whatever you want them to. And here we are today. If you, next time you pick up your phone, pay attention to these things. What are you looking for? Well, first of all, what do you react to? Like when you pick up your phone, what are you reacting to most of the time? A noise, right? Whether it's a, the ding for your text, whether it's the buzz for Facebook comments, whether it's the zing for Gmail, whether it's the bong for whatever other apps you have on your phone. The average person has like, I don't know, some dumb 70, 80, 100, I don't know, some silly amount of apps on their phone. But you're, you're reacting to that. What is that ding? That is psychological manipulation. That's, that's all that is. Ding, it's Pavlov's dog. If you know the story of Pavlov and his dogs, what Pavlov did was trained the dogs to salivate on a bell. So at first, he would ring a bell and then feed the dogs. And he did that for some period of time. So he taught the dogs that the bell equaled food coming. Eventually, he stopped feeding the dogs, but he would still ring the bell. Guess what happened? The dogs salivated whenever he would ring the bell. He'd ring the bell, dogs would salivate like food was coming. That's what's happening whenever your phone dings. Your phone dings, you salivate, and you pick up your phone. Like, that's what's happening. It's psychological manipulation. Okay, so once you've picked your phone up, you get to see what the ding was. And you pull it up, and it's Johnny texting you back, or it's a comment on Facebook. So you pull up Facebook. And you got a comment, and you got a share, and you got a bunch of likes, and you got, I don't know, whatever other thing you have on your photo or video. And that is psychological manipulation. It is positive reinforcement for putting information out there, putting yourself out there, putting a picture up, putting a video up, whatever. It is psychological manipulation. It is reinforcement. All those likes and shares and comments. So that is number one. It's just it's reinforcement. It's getting you to, it's doing things, it's making it so that you pick the thing up and then that you use the thing more often. The ding makes you pick it up and then all the likes and shares and comments and all of that makes you want to do more of it. Makes you want to do more of it. So another thing that they do is reduce the friction to make it easy for you to use. Make it easy for you to use and continue using. So there's a code within all of social media called infinite scroll. And if you used Facebook or any, well, not any, but Facebook or MySpace, if you remember MySpace uh, back in the day, when they first came out, when Facebook first came out, you scrolled to the bottom of the page and you had to click next to go to the next page. And then you scroll to the bottom, and then you had to click next to go to the next page. Now that, of course, took effort to just click next, just click the next arrow. That takes effort. Of course it does. Well, eventually, they developed the infinite scroll code. The infinite scroll code allows for infinite scrolling to just constantly scroll. Like You can just keep scrolling, and stuff will continuously pop up. And it won't lag. It doesn't, it 
it's there. Like it's instantly there. You can scroll super fast and it will be there and it'll continuously populate and it won't slow down. So you don't have to wait for anything. There's no waiting. There's no anything like that. Okay. No like reduced friction. If you think about this in terms of maybe online, I'm sorry, TV viewing, think about Netflix. And when Netflix first came out, first of all, when Netflix first came out, it was an online DVD rental place. I think that's all they did at first. And then eventually they added uh, DVD rentals and streaming movies. And now, of course, they're only streaming. So, but even still, maybe only a couple of years ago, maybe five years ago, Netflix didn't have automatic play. Like after you watch an episode, you had to click play the next episode. You had to choose to. Now, in 10 or 15 seconds, it starts a countdown. Next episode will start in five, four, three, two, one. And then it just plays the next episode. Now you don't have to click anything. You don't have to touch anything. You don't have to do anything. It just does it all for you. Just does it for you. So reduced friction makes it easier for you to stay on longer, for you to be there longer, because you don't have to do anything. It just does it for you. You just keep scrolling, or you just let Netflix count down and let it play. And then the last thing is negativity bias. And this is used heavily by social media in particular, but what negativity bias, first of all, is, is that humans, on average, will watch negative things longer than they will watch positive things, on average. Again, not everybody. You might go, well, no, that's not me. If you pay attention to your behavior, you might find that it's true. It doesn't make you a bad person. It makes you a human. Um, nonetheless, on average, people will watch negative things longer than they will watch positive things. Like if you drive by a wreck, what do you do? Do you look the other way? Like, no, you look to see, even if you know, even if it looks bad, like there's cars, looks like pancakes and there's like a bike torn in half over here, over here. And you know, it's going to be bad. What do you do? Like you look. So we have a tendency to want to watch negative things. And social media knows this. So what they will do is, first they'll show you some things that you like. Whatever the algorithms picked up that you like. A picture of a guy deadlifting 1,000 pounds. That might be me. And then they'll show you, what can I say? I'm a meathead. And then they'll show you, actually that would be Bob. That'd be Bob. Yeah. Um, and then they'll show you something maybe unrelated, but slightly, what, what's this word I'm looking for? Um, conflicting, like something that's not like super extravagant, but just like something that like maybe people are disagreeing on. And then they'll go back and they'll show you another nice thing. Well, here's another person deadlifting 1,200 pounds, which has never been done before, by the way, at least a regular deadlift as far as I know. Um, and then they'll show you something a little more extravagant, a little, you know, a little more, you know, um, conflicting, if you will. There's a word that I'm looking for that is very obvious word, but for some reason my mind can't grab it. So anyway, so eventually they just start showing you more and more things that are more and more gruesome, essentially is what's happening. And as humans who like things that are 
generally negatively biased, we will watch them more often. So these are the basic things that basic psychological manipulation tools that apps and that phones use to keep them, keep us, keep our attention on them. Of course, not all, like this is me not telling you that all social media is bad, all YouTube is bad, all Netflix is bad. Like, of course, there are good things within this. But we've gotten to the point where we let our phones use us. We don't use our phones. And if the goal is to build in more think time so that we can have more space, so that we can connect more ideas, so that we can think for ourselves, so that we can have a more freeing mind, then we need to figure out how to use our phones. That's what we need to do. And we need to understand that these things are built in to manipulate us to be on them longer. We need to understand that. So that was the external reason why we spend more time on our screens than spend time thinking. That's very real. It's, it's a very real thing that our phones are essentially addicting. They are manipulated in such a way to have us on them longer. Like it's, there's no, nothing hiding about that. It's very obvious. On the other end of that is the internal reason. And this conversation is a different conversation. So yes, it's true. And yes, we're going to talk about ways to figure out how to mitigate the phone so that we can step away from it more often. On the other end, we have to be ready to take responsibility. We have to realize that the phone is allowing for us to escape our reality. The phone allows us to be away from our reality. Not always, not all the time, but for a big chunk of our phone usage, it allows us to escape, allows us to be away and not have to think about what we have going on. So there is a theory, um, and I was introduced to this theory from the book, The Scarcity Brain. <laughs> Scarcity. I'm just kidding. It's Scarcity Brain. Again, if you watch the podcast often enough, then you get that joke. If you don't, sorry. Um, Scarcity Brain by Michael Easter. So the theory is called optimal stimulation theory. And essentially the theory says that human beings require a certain level of stimulation. And if we don't get that level of stimulation, then we will figure out how to. We will find it. We will seek it. Most people seek stimulation, their a level of stimulation from phones. Like that's, that's what it comes down to from either phones or screens in general. That's where most people seek most of their stimulation. And if you think about it, this theory is, I mean, it makes perfect sense in my mind. So TVs like are excessively stimulating. Phones are excessively stimulating. They put stuff in front of you to, again, you may not feel like you have to consciously think about what's happening on the phone, on the screen, on the TV, but your mind, your subconscious mind has to think about it. Your subconscious mind has to process it and it is stimulating to your mind. This is a big reason why looking at your phone two hours before you go to bed is not a good idea. 
because your mind, your subconscious mind will be thinking about that and processing it as you're trying to fall asleep. So this is, it's very stimulating for your mind. It's very stimulating. And that can, it almost doesn't matter what kind of like content you're really looking at. Like it's, it's very stimulating for your mind. So many people get their stimulation that they require from phones, from this screen, from that kind of input, from that kind of medium. I've argued in the past that human beings are biologically built for progress. The idea behind the optimal stimulation theory supports that because if we are built for progress, that means we need to be always doing something that keeps us stimulated. A hundred thousand years ago, our ancestors had to move from place to place. We had to work. We were constantly hunting. We were constantly foraging. We were constantly climbing trees to find fruit. We were constantly digging in the ground to, to get tubers and other veggies. We were constantly running, climbing, jumping, walking, moving in order to hunt. Not constantly, not 24 hours a day, don't get me wrong. But for a lot of our life, that's what we did. Like we had to, we had to. We were seeking, we were seeking shelter, we were seeking food, we were seeking safety. Constantly had to. So we were constantly progressing from thing to thing. We were constantly moving from thing to thing. There was no sitting around and just sitting around. I mean, there was, there was again, this isn't a 24-hour thing, but we had to be moving. We had to do it in order to survive. Now, we don't have to do any of those things. We don't need to search, search for food. We don't need to search for safety. We don't need to search for shelter. Don't need to search for any of it. We have all of it in plenty of abundance, readily available. So because of that, we have to then find stimulation. Some people find stimulation in, say, building a business. They put a lot of effort into building a business, and that's where they find stimulation, solving problems, figuring out who to hire, you know, what kind of business do I open, you know, that kind of stuff. Some people find stimulation in physical activity. Physical activity is just stimulation. Like, that's all that it is. Not just. It's obviously helpful for your health and your fitness and all of that, but that's not what this is about. Now we are at the point where instead of having to deal with either physical stimulation or like building a business kind of stimulation where there's potential downfall and failure, we just let the phone stimulate us instead. We just look at the phone or we just look at the TV and we let that stimulate us instead. And we let that fulfill our stimulation need. So yes, I believe that this theory of stimulation, optimal stimulation theory is pulling us into a direction where unless we decide what is going what is going to be the stimulant that fulfills us, it's going to control us, meaning the phone or the screens will control us instead of us controlling them. And 
The sad truth is, many people's hopes and dreams are killed because of this. Because they convince themselves that they're not the kind of person who can take the actions necessary or figure out or do what's necessary in order to lose 100 pounds, in order to build a business, in order to take the next step, in order to level up in their career, in order to make themselves better. Like many people believe that. And a lot of that is because they haven't given their mind space to think and process. And they're getting this excessive stimulation from a screen instead of figuring out what level of stimulation they want to build into their own lives that will improve their life, that will make their life better, that will bring them happiness and fulfillment instead of it being forced on them. So we have two things to work against. We have, number one, external factors, psychological manipulation, and number two, our current passivity and escapism that we have fallen into because not only but primarily because of the development of screens. So then how do we start to remove ourselves from this? How do we start to remove from the psychological manipulation and from the, escape, the escapism? Well, first you have to be ready to take responsibility because if you aren't ready to take personal responsibility, the, the phone manufacturer is not going to do it for you. Yes, they have things that you can do, which we're going to talk about, but, but you have to do them. Like you have to follow through on them. So for instance, one thing you can do is set your phone to grayscale. I think you can do that on pretty much all phones now is set them to grayscale. The reason that that works is because it's not as stimulating for your mind. In other words, you won't be as likely to continue to scroll if your phone is on grayscale. So you can do that. You can do it and you can keep it on there or at certain times a day, maybe in the middle of the day or maybe at night, whatever time you'd want it to be, you can set it then. So that's one basic idea that you can do to start to overcome this psychological manipulation. Another basic thing that you can do is turn off all notifications on your phone. And when I say all notifications, I mean all things that ding, number one, anything that makes a noise, any noise at all. That includes text messages. So everything maybe except phone calls. Turn off all notifications. Also, don't put, don't let any banners, I guess is what they're called, push notifications. What's the, just banner? No, the, in the middle. We'll call them banners for fun. Okay. Um, don't allow banners on your home screen. Like, so when you pull up your phone and you have like all these things that you see, you got the five Facebook notifications and three text messages. And I think some of them give previews of what you can see. I haven't had them on my phone for a long time. That's why I'm questioning this and I'm not hundred percent sure, but like, don't let that happen. Also don't let the top part, like they develop at the top and they accumulate on the top. 
So you can see that you have text and you have F, the F for Facebook and you have the thing for Instagram and you have this, that, and the other thing. Don't let that, you can change all this all your, on your phone, by the way. Don't let that happen. And lastly, lastly, don't let the numbers populate on the app. So if you have a text message, for instance, you have a one next to the text message. If you have 10, then you have a 10 next to the text message in red. At least this is an iPhone. I don't know about Androids. Sorry, Android users. But um, do you know? Okay, fair. We're both iPhone users. Um, so you'll have a number next to the thing to tell you how many notifications you have for that. You can turn that off. So turn all of that off or turn some of it off, whatever makes you feel comfortable. And what you'll find is, number one, some apps are completely useless to you. Like you absolutely did not need to have them there. You absolutely did not want to use them in the first place. And for some reason you downloaded it. And for some reason you just continued to open it because notifications continued to pop up. The other thing you'll figure out is that you don't need to check your damn phone as often as you think, or as often as it prompts you to. You will find like three to five things that you look at regularly and you'll find a groove and like that's what you'll look at. So what you're doing is taking control of the phone and letting, instead of letting the phone control you. Now you can start at different levels of this. You can start by just turning off the noises and keeping everything else on. Or you can turn off the noises and the banners or you can turn off the noises and the numbers or you can do whatever. You can do whatever. But the point is to take control of the phone instead of letting it control you. Okay, so that's like a hard and fast, like very tactical thing you can do. Like you can go in and change your phone settings and get that done. Some of them you have to go into the app and change the app settings, but you can go do that. It's funny that this is the thing for phones. Did I just do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This used to be phone back in the day. Now it's this. Anyway. Um, the next thing you can do is set parameters for your own usage. So again, you can, I believe, download an app or maybe phones come with this nowadays that you can set a certain time that you can only get on certain kinds of apps. You can go in and do that and set those times. Or you can just set your own times. You can say, okay, I'm only going to get on Facebook between the hours of, I don't know, 9 and 10 in the morning and then again at 6 and 7 at night. Or if you get on Facebook, set a timer. Like everybody has a smartwatch almost or your phone definitely has a timer. Set a timer for some amount of time that feels right. I just want to be, I just want to sit here and do this for 10 minutes. Okay. Set the timer. This requires you to then follow through. So if you say you're only going to look at Facebook between the hours of seven and eight, you have to follow through with that. If you set a timer and the timer goes off, you have to set the phone down. This requires you to follow through. This is why it's useful to a degree to have things set up on your phone that don't allow you to do it. Now, again, you can go in and change them but then you're letting the phone really win. Like, do whatever is necessary. They, they also sell these phone 
lock or phone um, safes. Yeah. So like, I maybe like you can't unlock it during certain kind times of the day or something like that. So you set a time on it and then it'll unlock at the time and then you can, then you can get your phone. So like if that needs to be you, then you go find yourself a phone safe and you do that. It's like, it's up to you to decide. This is when you start to take responsibility for your actions. If this is something that you want in your life, if you want to recognize your humanity. The last thing is figure out how to stimulate yourself. Figure out what you want to do to be stimulated, not let the phone be your stimulation. If we all need a level of stimulation in our lives, which we all do because we all want to be active and doing something, like our brains want to be active. We want to be moving. We want to be doing. We want to be progressing. We want to be going after. So if that's the case, you figure out what that is. I, of course, I'm always a huge fan of physical activity and your body needs it anyway. So Build some of that in. Or you could learn something new. You could learn an instrument. You could have a hobby. Like, hobbies are rarely a thing anymore. Find a hobby. Knit. Play guitar. Can you see me knitting? Is that why you're laughing? Yeah. Like, like do something that you, ha that you either have to learn or just something that stimulates you instead of just sitting and staring at the phone. Because... If you're learning an instrument, at least you're developing your brain. You're developing your mind. If you're being physically active, you're developing your health. You're developing your fitness, and you're developing your mind. If you're building a business, you're developing your mind. You're developing your brain. You're developing your ability to be resilient and courageous and problem-solving and so on and so forth. So if you're doing those things and you're building the own stimulation into your life instead of letting it be pushed on you, then you're building a life for yourself and that's the whole freaking point. I can't drop this mic, otherwise I would and I would just walk away. But <laughs> So do it. It is worth taking back your life, taking back your time giving yourself some think time and not spending all your time in front of a screen. Your humanity is worth it. Like you are worth it as a human being. One in 10 trillion chance that you're here, make something of it. Make something of it. Go out and make yourself better. Make sure that you hit that subscribe button so that you can continue to make yourself better. And until next time, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.